because you can have a lot of cash in the bank, drive a great car, Maserati, or have more followers on Twitter than the Pope. But yet, yet all those outward things are not any indication that you're really, really spiritually healthy and happy on the inside. And what can happen to all of us is we have these internal contradictions. It's like what happened in Rome when the followers of Christ somehow had allowed things to happen on the inside, sinful behavior, and it started to encroach upon what God had for them and limit their future. I hope uh, you'll take a couple notes this morning and open your Bible if you can, if you have a Bible or have a version to Romans chapter 5 in the New International Version. It's interesting that the church at Rome had already understood that they were justified by faith or they had been made righteous by faith. They understood that they were walking with Christ. They had this peace that was beyond understanding. And also they had been given access through Christ and faith so that they were really high on grace. And the Bible says in verse 2 that they had enough faith that they stood on it. So the ground that they were walking on was solid because they had the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it appeared everything was cool, relaxed, God is good, amen, hallelujah. However, in chapter six, he moves in on them and he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? And then he says, no way. We are those who have died to sin How can we live in it any longer? I know that you are waiting to read that verse out loud, so hit it with me. By no means we are the... So here he is somehow recognizing that the people are using grace to accelerate their levels of sin. You could say they were trafficking in sin and hyped up on how great Jesus is and his grace. And it looks good. People are smiling. Everybody's happy, probably raising their hands in a service. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's good. And he said, wait a minute, 
wait a minute, you don't understand the total picture here. He says, you have to understand that you guys are allowing sin to encroach on your life in Christ. And he says here, I'm reminding you that you are dead to sin. And I'm beginning today a series called Live Dead. And I knew when I said that the excitement would be overwhelming in the church even at nine o'clock. I'll say it one more time. I'm beginning this morning a series called Live Dead. Verse three, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Paul's back up and he calls our attention to what we call the ordinance of water baptism. And he says, don't you understand? Don't you get it? And he says, you are baptized into Christ, meaning that we are baptized into our union with Jesus, or we are baptized into this intimacy into this personal, close relationship with Christ. And then he says, and by the way, you're standing in the water, but now you are baptized into his death, and you are baptized into the burial of his death. And he mentions death twice. You have, you have this identification with Christ. So if I am doing something with a person, then we're kind of together there. And so now I'm with Christ and the water is there. But what has happened is simply I understand that he died for my sin and now in the water, I'm understanding that I am buried with him. I'm right there in this death so that he is dying for my sin. However, and this is a part we don't fully comprehend, and at this point now, I am, I am dying to sin. I am dead to this old nature of mine and I am declaring that I am a dead man, that you are a dead girl, that you are a dead person because something has happened to you. You have been baptized into, you have been baptized into Christ. You also have been baptized baptized them, you have been buried, not just you, but with Christ, and now there's an incredible 
deadness that happens inside of us, hallelujah, so that we declare that we are dead to sin. We declare by that act that after we've come to Christ, we now are living dead. I am dead to sin. It is an anomaly to sin that my life is not a life of sin, that I have a dramatic change. And in fact, if you haven't had a dramatic change, you haven't really, you haven't really gotten what you think you got because this is not a little like Jesus makes me a little better. We're not talking about just a little better, okay? We're talking about you're going, you're going one way and you are doing your deal and you are baptized into Christ. You come to Jesus and now you don't just change your, your walk uh, 20% and say, no, you actually say, oh my goodness, I want you to meet me, and you introduce to yourself, and you say to yourself, not to them, you are looking at a dead man, for I have died, hallelujah, hallelujah. And since the momentum is building here in the nine o'clock service, I will go on. So Jesus' death was about my death. Jesus broke the code. Jesus defeated Satan. He died for me so I could die to sin. And he broke my chains as we sang this morning. I'm no longer living in bondage. And you may be in bondage this morning, but the proclamation to you is that you don't have to go home and get on your motorcycle or your car or walk home with the chains around you and not know who you are and not know what you got and what happened to you because this is beyond anything we can imagine and it is something will shake the life into us in the name of Jesus and change us and transform us. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I have uh, actually hundreds of verses that are uh, in my uh, iPhone, smartphone, and I refer to these all the time, but if you said, Alex, like, what are the top 10 uh, verses that you pull out and you have running through your mind and heart a lot, I would have to say it's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I believe if you've been saved more than a week, everyone should be able to say this out loud and not only say it, but begin to live what it says. So I want to read it out loud. I want you to read it out loud. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. We'll wait for the verse here. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'll read it. The life I now live in the... Thank you. Start again. I have been crucified with Christ, say it louder, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Start at the bottom line. 
Now I'm loved. No. Now I'm loved. Now Jesus gave his life for me. Now it doesn't start with the first verse. It starts with the end. So now I'm loved. And I'm loved so much he gave his life for me. And because of that he gave me faith so now I'm living by faith because none of that can work there unless you understand those three parts. I'm living by faith. When I say I'm living by faith, I'm living in another world. I'm not living at what I see. I am looking, I, I live in the invisible realm in what he said. And because I now am walking and living by faith, I come to a realization that the life I had planned for myself and everything I wanted to do and everything I've dreamed about and everything I, I want to do, he says, great, you can't live any longer. In other words, whatever your best plan was, expunge it. Put it aside. And this is our biggest problem in the church. We know a lot of stuff, talk a lot of stuff, we just don't understand it, what it really means when the lights go out and we start on Monday morning. It means you no longer have a life. And that sounds bad to start with, but the truth is this. He has a better plan for us because he knows what we don't know and he will take us places we've never been before and say things and do things that we never thought could ever happen. So I have to now get up in the morning and say, well, it's Monday morning, Judy, and I'm starting out the day and I get in my chair and I begin to read my Bible and I'm reading my Bible because I have to be like him and I have to be sure that Alex Clattenburg on Monday doesn't live his day and do what he does because I'm good at that and my mind can just take over and I'm probably the only one here. Your mind can just like take over. Is that right or not? So I no longer live, I lose my life, and I live dead to sin. But I like what it says in 1 John chapter 4, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We say that, uh, say that a lot, and everybody that's a Christian probably knows that verse, but let's back up on that. What? What is happening to us is the fact that it's Christ in you. It's Christ in me. Not physically, I can't see him, but spiritually, a new believer, a believer that is following Christ now has Christ in them. And we have to say that constantly. Because actually, when we give in to the devil, we really believe the reverse of that, that he is greater than what is in us. And maybe we have to say that every morning. Well, the greater one lives in me. Christ is inside of me. And the guy here that is in the world is Satan. And he has his elves. And he has all of his spirits. And he has all these demonic powers. that are going to try to influence me today. But today I realize in the spirit, whatever your name is, Whatever nationality you have, whatever age you are, you have the same Christ living in you. 
and on occasion you may even smile and you may even feel like your burdens are gone, that Christ is more powerful than the voices of the enemy and that you are standing high and strong and tall that when you get up in the morning and go out, you're not going in your own strength doing your own thing, but you are going out in the name of the Lord knowing that you have Christ in you that is alive and the Bible says in Colossians 1.27, living in you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The life I, and then he says, this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. Say that word, of hope. Filled with the riches of, the, of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Christ is living within us with the expectation of his presence and his glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And so when we get up in the morning, we begin our day, Satan would like nothing better than to kill us, destroy us, annihilate us and you know what he's doing a really good job across the planet of killing people killing babies killing destroying annihilate now this is my personal opinion I personally believe it is almost impossible in these last days to live what we're talking about this morning by ourselves. When we started this church, we were trying to get out of the Christian church to some extent. Come and sit, look, and leave. Come and look and leave. And we started this new congregation here to get back to Acts chapter 4 where we're a community. And by the way, we meet here as a community. I'm believing in this church we will have 300 places, small groups. A lot of you have been serving the Lord for a long while. You need to open your apartment, open your house. You need to invite a few friends. And you need to gather around the room and become a community. And we have new ways to give you all the material. But the main deal is to learn about Christ and grow and to have people that are around you so you're insulated I am where I am today in great part, not because of me. I am where I am because of all the people that are around me, helping me, encouraging me, inspiring. Before I came out here, the room in the back was full of all these people praying and lifting their hands, help this pastor preach this morning, and oh my God, come down, this man needs help. You know, they're praying for me. And so when I come out, I'm not speaking really. I have, I mean, Judy prays day and night, my family, and, and, but I have this small group here of, of our team that we're meeting, put that picture up, and we're hanging out with our we have one person missing there, but we meet together. We are segregated, 
and uh, we have uh, women in the other room. And so uh, put the other one up here. Uh, that just kind of happened, happened. But when you're meeting around and you're sitting around and, and you're, really, you're really close, then we really become able to do what we're talking about this morning. Listen, you can't overcome sin by yourself. I'm not going to. Listen, pastors are falling all over the nation. They're going down. Big church in Seattle. Biggest church. Thousands and thousands. Pastor all messed up. Say, how does that happen? I know how it happens. I know how. When you get a big head and you think, I got all the answers, and you sit down and, and we just roll. No. Every person, every person in this building, including me, we can all go down the wrong road. But I'm not doing this deal by myself. I'm not going to be out here by myself having all the answers because I don't. But when I'm in community and I'm together, then I can begin to live this and say, listen, this is not just a line in the Bible. I'm dead to sin. I'm going to be faithful to my wife. Men, you're here today. Temptations, all pretty girls always walking by. I always say, look at them. Praise God. God's a good creator. And, and change your eyes and say, praise God. You know, that's not mine. God didn't have that for me. It's not what it looks like. Hallelujah. It looks good. You haven't seen the backstory. All you see is the hair is nice and everything is fine. And devil set you up. Oh, isn't this cool? And you can have this. Satan makes sin look beautiful. Oh, this is great, at the bar, partying, sleep with her, do this. Oh, aren't we having fun? We're medicated, we're on opioids, we're drinking, we're injecting ourselves. Aren't we happy? We're having a great time. And you know what? Go down on Friday night and see all the bars, and it looks really good. There's a laugh, and oh, this is great, and, and all these girls, and, and sleep with them and have that. It all, Satan... The Bible says there's pleasure in sin. But there's another part, for a season. So what you think, what I think looks good, she looks good, that looks good, I think I'll do that, I think I'll drive 70, 80 miles an hour on the highway, curve out of cars, I think I'll do this, well, I'll do that, well, I'll come to church every seven weeks, and, and it looks good, and I'm so... so. <sighs> You're not going to make it. The measure of your power, in fact, William Booth said that the real measure of your power, the greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, and what he says is your greatness and your power is measured by your simply... Surrendering yourself. And when do you surrender yourself? Not until you get up in the morning and then all day long and you go another day and you surrender yourself every day. Pastors don't have to be falling. Church members don't have to be falling. Big church in Chicago, the biggest deal we studied for the last 30 years, same thing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not that church. We are not building a church of sitters, lookers, and leavers. 
We didn't go to all this effort. There were, I'm sure there are a lot of churches that maybe are built for an event and everybody sits. This is not the deal. And that's why we're going to come back and we're going to say, listen, to live this out, I'm going to have to have a group in my house, one of the other leaders' groups. We want to have community. What in the world are we doing with the singles? We've never put a focus on the singles here. Well, this year we're putting a real focus. And what are we going to do? We're interested. In, we have hundreds and hundreds of singles in our church. And what we want to do is not to have any single that's on their own because they probably won't do well. But we're going to have that meeting and we're going to build relationships and community so that we can be what the Bible says. And it means that I have to live dead. But notice, the enemy might attack you on Monday morning or during the week. You've heard this word from the scriptures. And you're thinking, you're in a situation right now, I like to tell him off and tell him where he needs to go. Right now, I like to get angry, and I like to act like the devil. Right now, I like to hate you, but that's a hate crime. Uh, right now, I like to gossip about my mother-in-law and what she said and they said and what the boss did and what he said and I, I really want to join this group around the table of, of, of general teardown of the human race. It's called gossip. Not gospel. Gossip. We're saying you're dead to sin. Do you know what the one member that we, can have, we can't control, the biggest member problem in our lives? It says in James chapter 3 that no one can even control this deal. It's not your ear. It's not your finger. The Bible says it's your mouth. And Christians, good Christians, not into pornography, not sleeping around, but they're sleeping around with gossip. And they got a mouth that is as long from here to Chicago. And they can leave the church, analyze every light, analyze who, sung, who sang what, analyze what they had on, and did you see them, and did that happen? And I can't believe that she, and I, and I cannot believe Mrs. Jones. Mr. Jones, I hate to announce it, but you are supposed to be officially dead to sin. I know you have been praising the Lord and you love the worship, but now you have converted your mouth to be an agent of sin. Oh, I know, I know, I know you're not on pornography, praise God. And you're not, you're not having uh, drinks every night. You're not an alcoholic, but you drink a vial. Matthew 12, 34 says that these things happen from 
says that whatever is in your heart determines what you say. I have to say to myself what it says here now. I'm dead to sin. But Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says... Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. The newness of life. So Christ died and rose again, literally, and now... We die, and we literally, spiritually, we rise up. So now, I'm not only dead to sin, the Bible says, I have newness of life. And the word newness in the Greek has this aspect of purity, so that now, I have a new heart. I am a new creation. Just look at me. I am a new man. I am a new woman, or you are a new woman. You're a new girl. Because what it says here in verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. I don't know about you. But I, I want to wake up in the morning and I want to have more freedom than I've ever had. Oh, that sin of my mouth may feel good for a moment because you always feel like how great I am and those people down there. And you may get a little enjoyment doing this over here. But the big picture is this. Am I going to live my life in such a way that I will be able on this earth to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth? Will I walk around my day and when people look at me because they're, listen, listen. When we live this, your face and your, the aura or the, what is around you, you have Christ in you. And yes, we may have the whole world on us, but we have Christ in us. And we can take our stand in faith and walk on the solid ground of grace and we can have a day of blessing. And we can walk out. Like yesterday, I was at the gym walking and working out, or Friday. And 
someone comes up to me, he said, do you remember me? I said, no. And he said, well, I'm now um, on the, in the NFL, I'm playing for the um, Colts. It's hard for me to say that because the Colts used to be in Baltimore. Anyway, you know the name, Indianapolis. And then he started just open up to me. He said, oh, he's telling me all the things he got into and, and God just gave me a word for him. He's gonna be here in the next service. Because really, the, big, the biggest deal is that you're influencing your neighbors. You're influencing the people at school. And, and when this happens, ladies and gentlemen, there won't be a building large enough because we have gone to our own spiritual trying to make it to knowing who we are in Christ. And we know our identity. Last couple days, the enemy just attacked my mind and given me negative thoughts and I felt like the Lord was saying, there are a lot of people here that you come under attack of the enemy. And it's like all sides. And I felt today, all that stuff's gonna be broken in Jesus' name. How many believe the last little while you've been kind of, feel like you've been under attack by the enemy? Let me see your hand. Am I the only one? Okay, I feel better now. Put, put it up high. I, w- I want to feel really better. Okay, almost everyone, not everyone. But I'm here to declare that your attack is over. And in the name of Jesus. And that uh, we're going to give the enemy a hard attack. In the name of Jesus. Uh, we're going to rise up and say, hey, I've been baptized I've been baptized into Christ. Don't mess with me. I'm in union with Christ. I'm intimate with Christ. I'm close to Christ. I've been baptized into his death. I've been buried with him. He did the dying. Now he gave me the power. By the grace, I I now am dead. I'm a walking dead man. However, However, that's only half of the story. The other story is he now raised me up. Easter will be here in six weeks. We all get excited. Yeah, he rose from the dead. Listen, if we don't live it, it doesn't mean too much to us other than Easter we say, he rose, he rose, he rose, he rose, he rose. The big deal is not just that he rose, it's if I know that he rose and when he rose from the dead, he gave me newness of life and that means I got a new life. So no matter what your past is, no matter what your addiction was, No matter what was on your speedometer of the past, you have to know that you are now standing on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have access to his grace. Grace is to empower you to wipe the enemy out. It's not to accelerate and traffic in sin. And we have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And we are here to announce on this Sunday that we are raised with Christ, we are alive, we are conquerors, we are victorious, 
We are here to declare, no matter how we feel, that we are in Christ. Christ is in us. We have the glory of God around us. And as this picture depicts here, now you're walking in that place of solitary communion with the Lord. You are closer to the Lord than you are to your past sins. You are walking through your mountains of life. You're, you're walking in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And the enemy may try to put you down. He may try to tell you who you are. He may bring on all of his elves of his condemnation and pull out all his blankets from his warehouse and put a blanket over you and condemn 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 you. You're not good enough. Look what you did. Look what this is. No, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Finish the second part. Who no longer walk according to the flesh, but by the law of the spirit of life. They go together. When I sin or you sin, we've got the other little guy with us called condemnation. But now, we're not walking by our flesh. We're not slaves to sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a minute, we're going to stand. Don't want anybody to leave. And we're going to declare with shouts of praise of who we are. Hallelujah. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is amazing. Play a little bit, Austin. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is amazing. Say it. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is amazing. Not my strength, not my effort, not my trying, but by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Stop thinking about all your mistakes. You're too, you're trying to, you're, you're living life in your own strength. Give up. Yield. Surrender. Hallelujah. This is not another service, just. This is a big service here today. I want us all to stand. I tell you what, I want to I wanna go ahead right now. Just look this way. Maybe you're here and... You need to engage your relationship with Christ. Maybe you think you had one, but maybe it's an American Christian understanding. In a minute, I'm just going to give people an opportunity to raise their hand and just say, hey, I, I need, I want, I want to engage Christ. I want, I want, I want this relationship with Jesus. I want to have this tight grace relationship. I want, I want to leave this room and leave all my sins. And you can only do it by faith.
Some, some people, there are a lot of people in this city, probably, probably hundreds of thousands of backsliders. <laughs> and they were doing well with Christ and probably got with the wrong friends and the enemy surround them and <laughs> probably, probably hundreds of thousands know about Jesus. But today, we have to know him personally. And you can do that. This cross reminds us that he died for our sins. So I'm gonna count to three if that's you. I want you just to raise your hand. You need to re-engage, but you need, you need a relationship with Christ. Maybe you're Catholic. Maybe you're a Methodist, Presbyterian, non-denominational. Those titles mean nothing unless you've engaged Christ. That's the name of a religion or a group. And the name is okay if you've experienced Christ. If not, it's just a religion. It doesn't mean anything. I don't know who needs to do this today. I do know in a minute if you just raise your hand and say, <laughs> pray for me. I can tell you there's going to be faith and grace come all over you because you made a decision to surrender. And that's where the power is. It's the yes. Yes, Jesus. So my count to three, if that's you, throw up your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, throw it up. Those that raised your hand, please walk the aisle and just stand here. We're gonna have a one minute prayer before we close. Would you come? Those uh, that have come, just look up a moment here. My wife was hugging you here and look up this way. When we come like this, uh, the natural response is to feel, oh, I've been bad. But our focus is always on Christ because he changes us. And everybody in this building was messed up without exception. These are all messed up people but they came to Christ Amen. and he made them new. Yes. I was messed up. So we pray this prayer. Religion, you go out and say, uh, clean up your behavior. It's behavior modification. 
That's not what this is. This is heart transformation that turns your life and you begin to follow Jesus and what he says you do. And you want to be conformed to the one you're following. I don't even understand how this can happen, but it does. How you can pray one prayer and invite Christ in and go to the prayer room in a second for five minutes. And the Bible says you have a new heart. Your sin is forgiven. But here's the big deal. Not only is your sin forgiven, the Bible talks about justification. It means you're made righteous like Christ. Wow. That's a big deal. So your sins are like immediately. You don't work off your sins. That's religion. And all you have to do is pray this prayer from your heart in faith and mean it and in fact you don't, you don't have to have some great feeling like you just obey God <laughs> and Christ changes everything so I want all the believers here family those that are watching online that know Christ and those that need to pray the prayer to pray it in faith. I want us to say this prayer out loud because we want the enemy to hear he's losing all his disciples today that are up here. <laughs> They're getting out. So let's, let's, pray, let's pray it very loudly. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. He is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away my sin. Forgive me. And give me your grace and gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you pray that prayer, you're in his family. Go with Pastor Dave for a moment. Go for just a minute. When everyone, when everyone in the room. 